Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride with Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen. I am Nick Schwert. Boys, the Chiefs are battered and bruised both literally and figuratively, losing to the Packers last week. And then we're going to get into the injury report. But you're getting ready for a game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, which at the beginning of the season and at the beginning of every season for the past four years, Chiefs and Bills fans alike have circled to say this is the one. This is the game you're getting ready for. Yet, now that we are on the eve of this game, yes, it's important. Yes, it's it would be a, a nice momentum boost to take care of the Bills. But I feel myself looking internally more, looking at what is going on within the Chiefs organization and within that locker room more than I am looking ahead to the Bills game. Do you guys feel that way just based off how Kansas City has looked this season? Yeah, both teams almost sort of feel like they've, I don't want to say they're past their best versions of themselves because that's certainly unfair, but it kind of feels like they're almost trying to find themselves. And the Chiefs have been lucky to have a little more success than the Bills. Uh, certainly this season, the Bills are, you know, I don't even know if they're in the playoffs right now. You know, the Chiefs are still uh, winning the AFC West, but it does sort of feel like both these teams are kind of identityless almost. Like they're both kind of struggling to find consistency on both sides of the ball, which is so weird, you know? Usually these matchups are like, okay, these maybe this won't affect seeding as much. Maybe the top is more about kind of setting the tone for the playoffs, right? Setting a kind of a message on what it's going to look like in the playoffs. And both these teams right now, they're both sort of desperate to be like, it's not even just about this game. It's kind of about solving the rest of the season for them rather than just this one individual win. Yeah, absolutely. Like for, you know, for the Bills, they're in a sense fighting for their playoff lives where, you know, the Chiefs is, is pretty, got a pretty cool role to say they'll make the playoffs. So it, it's like they have to get it together to say, what are we going to be once we get there? You know, and, and trying to have that, that finding like, oh, you know, like it's time for to put the pieces together, quit trying to figure it out and figure it out. So it's more like we got it. Like Nate said, we got to find the Chiefs got to find themselves, find out who they're going to be on offense, who the go to people are, what is going to look like, how we stop the mistakes and penalties and all of those things. And I think this game is kind of um, identity game, just like Nate said, like the Chiefs need to figure out who they are and what they really can become and do for the rest of this season. I feel like it's been a broken record, though, with us talking every single week this season, talking about identity, we talking about the wide receiver room. Like, it's just rinse and repeat week after week. And that, in and of itself, is a little troubling that we are sitting here, what are we in, week 14 now? And we're discussing the same questions and the same issues with this Chiefs team as we were at the beginning of the season. Let me just start right there before we get to the injury report and the keys to this game. Do you guys feel like 
Kansas City is any closer to answering those questions than we were a month ago, two months ago, three months ago? I actually do. My like, I do think the offensive process the last three weeks has been better. They're just really doing poorly in the red zone right now. But I, I never worry too much about a Chiefs team in the red zone because Andy Reid, just when he wants to, just draws up great designs in the red zone. Like, And I know this year they're kind of lack the dynamic playmakers that they did in the past. Even like Matt Nagy mentioned today, they're kind of load managing Jarek McKinnon down the stretch here. I think you're kind of seeing that with Kadarius Tony too because Kadarius Tony's snaps have almost fallen to zero. So I'm not super worried there. But I tweeted this out earlier this week. My only concern about the Chiefs' offense right now isn't that they're not playing better. It's sustainability. Because right now their offense is pretty constricted too. Isaiah Pacheco runs, Rasheed Rice screens, throws in the flats, and then Travis Kelsey over the middle of the field. Can you really win four playoff games? Because that's kind of where they're at right now. Can you win that with that same formula for four straight playoff games against really good defenses? Because the Raiders and the uh, Packers are not very good defenses. Those aren't playoff level defenses. So it's not, I, I do think the Chiefs offensive process has improved post by. I think Andy Reid has found good answers. My only concern is like, can you really win four straight playoff games that way? It, it, it's something I've been thinking about all week because I'm frankly pretty concerned about that. Yeah, same here. Like, I, I definitely feel like the Chiefs have taken a step in the in the right direction since the bye week over the last, even over the past month. I think they've taken some good strides, and you can see it really red zone. It's been a problem, but it's more been a penalty problem or um, a tackle giving up a quick rush and, and Patrick Mahomes having to take a sack and not really giving the chance for the offense to execute in those situations. So I've seen flashes of it. But I think the same thing, like Nate said, sustainability, you know, will this, will this work? You know, does Andy Reid have something up his sleeve with a Kondarius Tony or Jarek McKinnon coming down the stretch that has not been put on film that can catch some teams off guard, guard when needed? So that's the thing. I think they made strides in the right direction, but I, I still feel like it's, it's some question marks there. Well, going back to that game on Sunday night versus Green Bay, not only was it disappointing in the result, but we saw a lot of guys for Kansas City get banged up in that one. And Maurice, before we get into the game and our keys to it, what's the latest on the injury report for both these squads? Man, it definitely um, a lengthy injury report for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll start with the ones who were, who did not practice. So uh, Donovan Smith, offensive tackles out, did not practice the last two days. And we're uh, we recording this on Thursday to kind of give the filter for that. Um, Isaiah Pacheco did not rec- um, practice the last two days. Drew Twinkle still um, in the concussion protocol, so he hasn't practiced. And and Brian Cook has not practiced the last two days. And I would think Pacheco may be the only one out of that that may even have a chance of sniffing playing. Um, far as that, good news, Jared McKinnon returned to a full practice. Um, Rasheed Rice, Scott Moore, Kadarius Tony, even Patrick Mahomes, uh, Darius Harris, uh, Legarius Snead, all of them were on the injury report before participants. And big thing here is Nick Bolton has practiced in full twice this week. So even though he's still on injury reserve, things are trending in the right direction for him to be able to come back and play this week, which would be huge, definitely, if Drew Tranquil cannot go. Um, far as the Bills, not as lengthy. Um, Everyone that's on the injury report was a full participant in practice. Dalton Kincaid, uh, Josh Allen, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Dane Jackson, Taylor Rapp, Dawson Knox, and um, uh, Kair Elam. Were, um, both of them, um, Knox and Elam, was on injury reserve, both on injury reserve, but both been full participants all week. So looks like the Bills are coming in, honestly, pretty healthy here against a banged-up Chiefs team. 
Well, the Packers were banged up last week and the Chiefs were fairly healthy and we saw how that worked out. So I don't know. Maybe there's uh maybe there's something to it. I'm not gonna lie, the Pacheco one scares me the most, not because yeah. he's necessarily the best player of the guys you mentioned. He might be, but I don't see how you replicate his role. You can't. You don't replicate his role if he's not in there. Like you're gonna give Jarek McKinnon 15 plus touches. It seems unlikely although this was about the time last season when <laughs> when Jarek McKinnon became like the best red zone threat in football but if Pacheco can't go on Sunday what do you think this Chiefs offense looks like and what do they do specifically at that running back spot I mean I would think that they put in Clyde Edwards Alaire and play him a lot I mean maybe we see a little more Michael P Ryan or Derek Prince but I'm with you I think no Pacheco is kind of scary because he's kind of their only like functional running back especially when the Chiefs want to go under center and like try and run like play action stuff which they've had to do a lot more recently if you take Pacheco out of the mix I'm really worried and I would be really worried you know we all know Andy Reid has a tendency to let's say abandon the run game if he doesn't have Pacheco back there is he really, do you really think Andy Reid's going to give Clyde Edwards-Alaire 12, 14 carries? Probably not. So it gets into a situation then where you're asking the Chiefs to do the thing they've been, frankly, poor at recently, which is dropping back and passing. And they've been, you know, rather poor in drop back passing or drop back passing situations recently. So it's it is a scary injury. Like you have to hope he plays because otherwise you're kind of leaning into every the every single worst tendency the Chiefs have had in this kind of recent stretch. Murray's Chiefs fans are already not in a good spot. If they have to rely upon Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting 15 touches to beat the Buffalo Bills and like get momentum going down the final stretch, it's going to send this fan base into an absolute tailspin. I mean, I guess the only thing I'll hang my hat on here is one of Clyde Edwards-Alaire's best games came against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so like, That's true. He's the Bills killer. <laughs> That's the only thing I've been hanging my hat on here is like one of his best games I ever seen him have as a Kansas City Chiefs came against the Buffalo Bills. So hopefully if Pacheco is out, which I I, I really hope that he isn't, they can re reenact that in some way way possible. Man. Well, this game's uh gonna be the late window on Sunday, so a couple extra hours for Pacheco to get fresh. Uh, yes, everybody in Chiefs Kingdom praying for that man's health and return to the field. All right, let's get into the keys for this one. Chiefs, Bills, uh, 325 Kansas City time on CBS. Nate, let's start with you. What's your key for the Chiefs on Sunday? Well, listeners will know last week I talked about how you had to stop explosive plays against the Packers. And guess what? Didn't happen. I would talk about <laughs> how the Packers really weren't very good running the football, but they, they had kind of found a formula with these downfield explosive passes off play action. And what did they do? Exactly that. The Chiefs were getting shredded on last Sunday and with explosive passing plays, especially after Drew Tranquil went out and Brian Cook went out. But there were so many reasons for that. There was no pass rush presence at all. Jordan Love got to, you know, take extra multiple hitches almost every single time they ran play action. He was just bouncing around because there was no one in his uh no one in his lap is all. They were busting coverages. There was no middle of field presence without Tranquil and without Nick Bolton. And it led to their worst defensive performance of the season. There was just too much space for the Packers. Matt LaFleur gained them up the entire game. And that led, you know, that's the reason why they ultimately lost. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't get any easier with the Buffalo Bills because recently, ever since Buffalo fired offensive corner Ken Dorsey, they've been really good at kind of getting back to these deep explosive plays. I think everyone probably watched their game against the Eagles recently. 
And Josh Allen was playing out of his mind. And he was generating all these explosive passes deep downfield, crossing routes to Gabe Davis, deep kind of hole shots to uh, Stephon Diggs. Even like Dalton Kincaid has been getting more involved recently. And you can't allow Buffalo to generate explosive plays the ways that the Packers were able to last week, or you're just going to get absolutely torched. Buffalo, Josh Allen, I really think Josh Allen's playing his best football right now that I've ever seen him play, his most consistent football. And they've had two weeks to watch this Chiefs defense, and they definitely watched last week's game and saw, hey, if Drew Tranquil's not out there and Nick Bolton, maybe if Nick Bolton plays, we'll see what his tackling looks like because, you know, he's has a wrist injury. I don't know if he's going to have to wear a club or anything like that. I haven't seen anything like that. But the Chiefs just have to defend the middle of the field better because the, you know, Buffalo still has a lot of speed. They still have a lot of different ways to kind of attack in the middle of the field and stopping explosive plays. And the Chiefs offense, frankly, cannot get in a shootout with the Bills. I really don't think so. I don't think they're in a situation right now where they can score 34, 35 points to match the Bills. So they have to figure out a way to stop explosive plays, make Buffalo kind of drive the course of field. And then let Buffalo get into their worst tendencies, which are, you know, mistakes with turnovers after these long drives that were just killing them for the majority of this season. I'm actually going to hop in here with my key next because it's very, it's very similar to what you're talking about here, Nate. And yeah, much has been made about the Bills and why they're playing so much worse this season. The Bills are like an interesting case study because I don't know if we're ever going to see a team this good lose this many games. And I don't mean like good on paper. I mean, good. This is Mm -hmm. a good football team. They are fifth in the NFL in points differential fifth in the NFL. Yet they are sitting here at six and six, largely due to what you just mentioned turnovers. There has been some bad luck along the way. And I like what you said there at the end about the explosive plays that they've been generating the last couple of weeks since firing Ken Dorsey. And a lot of conversation was made about like, was he just the scapegoat? Was this really an issue for him? I think Buffalo had gotten really comfortable in doing what they've done and had a lot of success doing over the past four years, which is Josh Allen be Josh Allen and chuck it up to Stefan Diggs 180 times a year, much like the chiefs are kind of figuring out this season in trying to learn like, where are the different hierarchies of this passing game? And the Bills are kind of figuring that out in real time, whether it's Gabe Davis or Dalton Kincaid. Khalil Shakir is a guy that they've gotten a lot more involved. But what we've seen, and I think a lot of people have latched onto with the Bills' struggles, is the turnovers. Josh Allen has what, 13 interceptions on the year, and a lot of those have come in really critical junctures of the game. And those just stick with you. If you're watching Red Zone on Sunday and you're flipping back and forth between games and you see a late game, Josh Allen throws a pick, that's the headline. It's Josh Allen through another game-clinching interception, and now it's becoming like this, this turnover problem. Turnovers are a problem, but when you look at this Bills offense, they're efficient both passing, and I think this is the best running team that we've seen in Buffalo with Josh Allen. James Cook has been really good, and specifically in the red zone, they have been one of the best offenses in the NFL where I think the Chiefs can take advantage and maybe exploit this Bills offense a little bit. You talk about the explosive plays. They want to get themselves in in positions to take those plays. In late game situations when they're making mistakes, it's all they can do. It's we have to push the ball down the field. That, I think, is where the Chiefs can take advantage. If you can slow them down in their 
running game, if you can keep them out of those really advantageous spots to take a deep shot down the field, that's when you get them in these precarious situations where they've been making mistakes this season. So I don't, I don't like believe in the idea of like going through the box score and saying, Hey, look, in all the games they lost, they, they ran for less yards. That's not really how it works, right? You usually can sit on leads, but that's kind of the point is don't let them get to a position where they can run the ball down your throat with James Cook, where Josh Allen can improvise with his legs instead of having to take those shots. So it kind of is a juxtaposition with what you're talking about here, Nate, where yes, limit the explosive plays, but I want to see you put the Bills in a position where they have to rely upon explosive plays to do what they want to do offensively. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think both of you all hit on, on great points here. Um limit put them in position right to to have to go do it but then when they have to go do it the Chiefs defense is going to have to make big plays to stop it and this is kind of where you know while Byron Cook has been playing okay I kind of trust the ball skills of of, of Edwards a little bit higher here and trying to make those plays on, on on the back end of the defense back back there so it's going to be interesting to see how that lines up with each one of them. Maurice, why don't we stick with you? What's your key for the Chiefs on Sunday? And it's crazy because it, it, we're going on the opposite side with the Chiefs offense. But to me, is that what needs to happen for the Chiefs is they're going to have to find a way to connect on some of their explosive plays. Um, I think over the last few weeks, you've seen the shots taken, but you continue to see it not connecting for ver- for various reasons. Um a lot of times it honestly just seems like Patrick Mahomes and what he has seen, and it has come down to kind of to MBS and, and, and Watson on those deep throws are not seeing the field the same way. Um, for some reason, on a couple of these deep throws, you've seen Watson and MVS 
when they probably should have veered towards the sideline away from the help, they go towards the safety and in, in safety help when you go back and watch the game. And Patrick, you even see him on film, like point like, why are you not keeping outside? Right. And so it's like, I don't understand what they're reading, but if the Chiefs can somehow connect on those, I think and I think they have to this game because the Buffalo Bills are so explosive. Like they said, you don't want to get into a shootout with the Buffalo Bills. Like the Chiefs offense is not the same offense that can prepare and go toe to toe like that. Right. But I do think that you have to con- they have to connect on some of these deeper plays and stretch this field because teams have been kind of, you know, they sit back. But there's time where they're going to those coverages. Patrick Mahomes sees it, takes the shots. And it's just not it's just not connecting there. So I think if if they could connect on some of them explosive plays, one or two of those big plays downfield to make the teams go back and have to respect that again, then it, then that could be a very good key for the Chiefs to bring home a victory this week. I think one difference between this year's offense and last year's offense. I mean, there's so many differences, but like I think we all kind of remember last year, like the Chiefs weren't like some super explosive passing offense downfield, but they had that change up and there were so many plays where and like think about the games against the Bengals where MBS would catch that like third and seven deep downfield against the blitz, right? Those plays like Justin Watson would create. Those just haven't been there this year. The Chiefs offense just feels so cramped right now that they need some semblance of a big play over the top. Yeah, uh, you know, once, twice a game to at least get defenses to threaten. But they're not doing that right now. Like Teams just don't respect anything downfield right now. And that's what, like, bringing back that sustainability point. Like, I do think they found a better offensive formula, but like, if teams are eventually just going to like sit on everything underneath and kind of rally underneath, like, you got to be able to hit like a double move. You got to be able to hit like a deep post route, something to get defenses to, you know, be threatened by that. And they just haven't been able to do that recently. And until that happens, I'm just like, I don't know how this offense kind of gets itself out of the rut because. They're just so constricted on space right now that they can't find avenues to create yards after catch and create, you know, they're just so, it's so cramped right now. That's that's the word I keep using, but that's how I kind of feel when I watch this offense. What's so interesting and sort of mind boggling to me though, is we've made a lot and, and Chiefs fans and people around the NFL have discussed like the talent level in the Chiefs wide receiver room and how it's down it's really all not that different than it was a season ago. And it's hard for me to believe that like the presence of Juju Smith Schuster is the reason why they won the Super Bowl last year and they continued to be an elite offense versus what we're seeing this year. What so so what is it? Because the other side of it is that Andy Reid almost always figured this, this out. And there's still time, but this is the latest in the season we've seen in the Patrick Mahomes era for them to be having these kinds of issues on offense. So I'm just wondering, like, what do you guys think is the biggest difference between last season and this season and why we're seeing these issues on offense? I don't think it's just Juju. I think it's also MVS playing so much worse this year than he did last year. There are a lot. I know MVS has been very bad this year, but he was a helpful player last year. He really was. Jared McKinnon last year had nine receiving touchdowns. He's basically been a non-factor for this offense the entire year. And frankly, Travis Kelsey is just not playing as well. Travis Kelsey last year had a potential offensive player of the year campaign. And this year he's just been like, you know, a very good tight end, like a pro bowl level tight end still, but that's a noticeable gap in the difference last year. Kelsey, like last year's Kelsey's year was the best year of his career. Probably he was exceptional the way the chiefs were using him. Like he was dictating everything. And this year he hasn't been quite as good. I think some of it is the surrounding circumstances, but I think he's just getting a little bit older. He can't play as many snaps. So 
it isn't just Juju, like you mentioned, but it's in conjunction with Juju being gone and Jarek McKinnon being worse and MBS being a non-factor and Sky Moore not replacing you know Juju in this shooter and Travis Kelsey being worse. It's just all these factors kind of adding up all together to lead to the offense just being worse. Yeah, for me, I think I honestly think discipline and execution is just That's really it. missing on this team, right? You know, last year our offensive line was not as penalized as much as, as this offensive line, especially, you know, in the red zone. You didn't see Wiley and Orlando Brown get the type of penalties that Taylor and Smith is is, is adding up. Even Creed, you know, and Tony have been called for more penalties this year. Um, and I think that's kind of helping, you know, for them trying to make up for what's going on around them a little bit. But the execution just has not been there. We talk about the connection on the deep routes. You see some of it um, with the spacing with the receivers when when running certain routes. Like it's just overall execution, especially in the red zone, really has just been something lacking. So, like you said, it's not just a juju thing, but I think Patrick could count on juju to be where he was supposed to be when he needed to be there. And I think that kind of helped out with Travis Kelsey because you had two people. And I, Rasheed Rice is getting there, but of course he's a rookie. Um, him and Patrick seem to be getting on the same page a little bit, but you just really need that extra guy. And last year it came in spurts. You'll see MBS have a good game and you'll see Justin Watson have a good game. Like you, you've seen that now is just, you haven't seen anyone really step up to the plate and hopefully McKinnon can come back along and, and add some of the things he added to it. And somehow you can find a way to get Kandarius Tony involved more since he's so dynamic, but I, I'm just anxious to see it, but it, this late in the season, it's like I, it's still time to figure it out. But if you ask me what's missing, just execution and discipline. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's that really that's really got uh, vibes at a, at a pretty all time <laughs> low. And so I'm actually going to start us off with predictions today. And then I need you guys to pick us up to leave. And the reason why I'm starting is I think for the first time this year. I'm actually picking the Chiefs to lose this game. I, it pains me to do so, but I feel like if I keep making the same mistakes, at, at some point I'm going to drive myself insane. And the Chiefs, and this is what concerns me more than anything else, and it's less like football talk and more eye test stuff, but you go back to that game against the Packers. Late in the game, down two points, Patrick Mahomes has the ball. Those always felt like invincible situations. It's the most... F- exciting moment in all of sports to watch Patrick Mahomes trailing late in the game with a chance to take the lead. And that cloak of invincibility seems to be gone at least right now, whether it was against the Eagles three weeks ago or the Packers last week, I'm waiting for the old chiefs offense to show up, not just like the explosiveness throughout the game. I'm waiting for those moments late in game where you say, who cares what's happened up until this point? two-minute offense, this is the best show in football. And that's not what we have right now. And unfortunately, on the other side, as bad as the record may indicate for the Bills, this is a really good football team. And I think they're a better football team than the Chiefs are right now. The Chiefs have also dropped a couple games at Arrowhead. Like, I'm just I'm trying to find an excuse to pick the Chiefs other than just saying it's the Chiefs because that doesn't seem to be enough this year. So I'm going to go Buffalo 23, Kansas City 21. It pains me to do it. So now I need you guys to pick big Chiefs blowouts to uh, send us off with a high note. 
Uh, unfortunately, I'm with you on this one. <laughs> uh, I would feel better if Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton were both like healthy and there. But those two not being kind of I, – I, I need to see – I really want to see Nick Bolton play because I'm really like – I'm worried about what it's going to look like initially as he comes back trying to tackle with that wrist. But those two being gone and Brian Cook being hurt, I just think it's a lot for this defense to stop this Bills offense. We kind of saw them struggle last week without that kind of help in the spine in the defense. And unfortunately, I just don't know if the Chiefs can kind of get in the shootout right now. And look, I picked the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs the last time after they lost to the Broncos, and I was proven wrong. So hopefully they prove me wrong again. But I just don't think this is a good matchup for the Chiefs, the, few, the team that they have right now with the defensive injuries and with the offensive struggles. I got Bills 28-24. I think, you know, they're super desperate. They're coming off a bye here. I just think all the kind of, besides the fact this is an arrowhead, it feels like all the advantages right now are in the Bills' favor. And like you mentioned, Nick, this is a really good football team, even if their record doesn't state it. So I am going to pick the Bills, but hopefully, you know, this kind of reverse psychology will work and the Chiefs will end up winning. All right, this is uh, this is dangerous territory, boys. Uh, Maurice, if you can't see us, Maurice is rocking the Chiefs hat. He's got the red trim lighting behind him. I'm getting strong, strong Chiefs vibes from you, Maurice. Yeah, man. I, I, I never thought I'd be on an island picking the Chiefs by myself, but <laughs> I am. And But while I'm picking the Chiefs to win, it's going to be a nail-biter. I, and I, I feel like we kind of will get Patrick Mahomes in the same situation this week as he was last week with the ball at the end of the game needing the field goal to win. And I feel like he'll 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 pull it out this time. That's the only thing I'm being. I think I'm, I'm gonna go 24, 21 Chiefs. I don't think it's gonna be crazy high scoring. Um, I think Legarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie will be huge in these games and what they can do in coverage. Hopefully, Spaz can draw up some blitzes to to rattle Josh Allen. And I feel like the offense will do just enough. I feel like Patrick Mahomes knows how important this game is and. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust Mahomes. Is and, and my gut's telling me it's gonna be tough. I like. I. I. I want to decide with you all. Like I. I do, but I think some way somehow in 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 the final seconds of this game, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs figure out how to walk away from Arrowhead with a three point victory. I've never heard someone sound so brave to go out on an island and pick the Chiefs to beat a 500 team at Arrowhead. Rainy Super Bowl champs. <laughs> Rainy Super Bowl champs. <laughs> yeah, let's keep adding. Keep adding. All right, well, I've never I've never wished to be wrong this much before. So, Maurice, if you're right, when you're right, I will absolutely be giving you your props on next week's episode. For everybody listening, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. With Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen, I am Nick Schwartz. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. 
Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.